Hi, this is Lisa Valentine Clark. And on The Lisa Show, I'm tackling some of life's big questions like, how do I get out of a slump? Why wouldn't you put your whole self into it? How can I be the fun parent? Like that, that's a great first step. How can I empathize with someone that I don't like very much? You need people who think differently than you. So join me on The Lisa Show. New episodes release weekly wherever you get your favorite podcast or on the BYU Radio app. The Lisa Show. BYU Radio comes to you in more ways than ever. Nationwide, we're heard on Sirius XM Satellite Radio on Channel 143. Ask your smart speakers for BYU Radio. Stream us worldwide at byuradio.org. And in Utah, you can get us on HD Radio at 89.1 KBYU-FM HD2 Provo. And on the FM dial at 107.9 KUMT, Randolph, Ogden, Salt Lake, Provo. BYU Radio. Next on BYUSN, defensive domination and offensive question marks after a shutout win over Sam Houston. Which is the bigger deal, 14 points scored or zero allowed? ESPN's Trevor Maddich on his game one takeaways plus the offensive line. And men's hoop times top 50 recruiting Marcus Adams. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Labor Day. Hope you're enjoying your holiday. Monday, September 4th, 2023. I am Spencer Linton, alongside a man who I have been sitting at some type of desk with for a decade now doing this show. Dude, so... Jaron Jordan is his name. Hi. Uh, <laughs> or Jerome, whatever. Um, September uh, 2nd, 2013, yeah. Labor Day, mm-hmm. we started this program. This is, this is our 10th anniversary show. After just a wonderful weekend of BYU football. The over-under was 10 shows. Mm. So the fact that we've made it 10 years, uh, you know, sincerely thank you to you and uh, Michael Miner and Ben Bagley and Junior and every Everyone associated with this program, you the viewer for making sure that it's still a show because you watch or listen, really appreciate it. And it's awesome to have this with you. We are part of Cougar Nation, and and it was called BYU Sports Nation on purpose, right? Because it's a a countrywide, worldwide thing. And so it's been awesome, man. Ten years, I can't believe it. we've had we've had some uh, fun moments, some weird moments, some crying moments, some uh, you know, you've lost your dad and I've lost my stepdad in this time. Like we've had some real human experiences. Uh, together and uh, as a as a crew and as a fan base, so we've seen BYU go into the Big 12. We've seen them snap the win streak against Utah. I've uh, jumped in a pool in Vegas and shaved my head. Like we've had some crazy. We've had Mo Longy. We've had like a million crazy things. And uh, you know, to 10 more years uh, of this program. Yeah. Later in the show, we'll have a little montage of some fun moments and whatnot. But but today is not about that, Spence. No, no. Today is about a football game where BYU didn't score enough points and they didn't allow any points either. So we'll break it down. <laughs> what a decade it's been. Hey, I tell you what, though, at least this show we're doing after a BYU win because after yeah. the first or the first show, we, we followed up that glorious, glorious loss against Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> that one was terrible. Oh, my God. Hey, by the way, uh, some trivia. If Please, if any of you know, tweet at me or post at me on X our guest lineup for that first show. Can you tell me the guest lineup for the very first show on September 2nd, 2013? If you can successfully, maybe we'll, uh, we'll send you if a you little, get two send the, you little something. If you get two of the three. By the way, you can go to BYU Radio and listen to this program. Yeah, yeah. Scroll there, there you go. Yeah. All rise and shout. Let's get to a loaded edition of What's Trending. And the first time that the Cougars have shut out an FBS opponent in 11 years. 
I've seen this offense be explosive before, and so that's the goal now and to try to make sure that we can do it next week. What's Trending presented by Feastbox, donating 10% of every order to Full of Hope, a charitable organization that feeds hungry families. BYU beats Sam Houston 14-0 in a game that had been 11 years in the making. First shutout over an FBS opponent that you just heard from uh, the announcers on Saturday night's game. BYU hasn't done it in more than a decade, Jerem. Like, we have never seen BYU football shut out a team in 10 years of this program, at least an FBS FPS, opponent. Yeah. FBS we saw Savannah State. Okay, so this is, a, this, is a new for, this is yeah. a new thing for our show yeah. at the FBS level. But what's the bigger deal? Mm-hmm. That BYU pitched the shutout or that the Cougar offense, which we thought was going to be pretty solid, high-powered, only scored 14 points. We're going to talk about how awesome the defense was, but we have to address the bigger deal, which is the 14 points. We certainly expected BYU to be better. Um, here's Kalani Satake to start things off on the offensive struggles with you after the game. They had a really good game plan, and so a lot of teams are probably going to do what they did. So we need to find ways to get, get points on the board and find explosive plays, and that's what we're usually good at. Um, we've got to get some guys healed up and get some, some experience back on the field and, and then uh, make, just capitalize and make, op- uh, make opportunities for us to have success. I, I, I think we had some uh, 50-50 balls that were up there, and maybe there's some times that we're – um, we could have taken a little bit of conservative route on, on the checkdowns, let our guys make plays, but I felt like overall there was just not a there, there was not a, a, um, a rhythm going. There was not a rhythm to the tune of 257 yards, 3.8 yards per play, 3.3 yards per rush, 4.4 yards per pass. This was not good. But the good news in this conversation is this. I looked back at how many games has BYU scored less than 20, meaning 19 or fewer, and actually won that game. It's rare. BYU's lost the last 18 straight in this situation, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Before Saturday, BYU had lost 18 straight when scoring less than 20. You have to go back to the Kalanistake debut for against, Arizona. against Arizona in 2016. Wow. So typically in this situation, when BYU doesn't score this much, they don't win. So that was the good news. Now, you can say, well, it's Sam Houston. Yeah. Sam, I, 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 I'm not discrediting Sam Houston in anything in this conversation, but I don't really care that they were top 20 in FCS stuff. BYU needs to be better on offense, and Keaton Slova said as much to you yes. after the game. You have to watch the film. I think uh, there were a lot of third down conversions that were called back because of penalties. We're shooting ourselves in the foot a lot. Um, and then obviously getting in third and long because of those penalties, it makes it tough. Um, got to be our first down. I uh, thought we ran the ball better in the second half, but that also helps us get us head of the sticks. And then, um, you know, a lot of down the field shots, we just got to find a way to connect on them. Um, between me and the receivers, got to find a way. And um, it'll be there. We're not, we're not worried. Um, we have a great offensive staff. We have a great offense. We've got great players. Uh, we just need to figure it out and uh, put it together. But um, I think we're really close to having, you know, again, a few plays go differently. We have a, a bigger night. But, again, we have uh, higher expectations as an offense as a whole. Okay, I thought that was pretty well said by yeah. Keaton overall. Yeah, he owned it. Yeah, yeah. we have higher expectations. We feel like we have a much better offense. Yep. And I'm glad that he pointed out the penalties because, Jerem, on at least three separate occasions, BYU converts a third down into a first down. They're all called back, and not just small penalties. I mean, these are like devastating drive holding killing. penalties, yeah. drive-killing penalties, you Kingsley know, illegal, so much illegal two that blocks. Were yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, you just – He's a good player. I talked on Friday about what I expected, which was, hey, precision, right? And just, like, to be sharp. BYU just wasn't, especially no. on third down. So those, those drive-killer penalties. And then Kalani talked about the 50-50 footballs. 
This is where you greatly miss a guy like Puka Nakua and even Keanu Hill. Those guys, no Hiller Epps, super they physical. Up, they didn't play. Yes. Yeah. Keanu Hill and Puka Nakua, super physical. Those are guys that will high point of football. They'll go and beast the ball, as our friend Trevor Maddich says. We'll hear from him a little bit later, and he's got some strong opinions, I'm sure. But th those are the two guys that go up and win those. BYU just couldn't – they couldn't hit on an explosive play. No. Couple that with penalties, and now you get what you have, which is 14 points and a – ugh. It just didn't look great. Let's quantify that explosion. Uh, since 28, uh, first time since 2018, BYU didn't have a 20-yard pass play. That is unbelievable. In the game, BYU Statsman. Two plays of 15-plus, four rushes of 10-plus. Longest play of the game was a 21-yard rush by L.J. Martin. Keaton Slovis, um, this was interesting. 17 of 20, here's the passing chart, courtesy of PFF. 17 of 20 behind the line of scrimmage to 10 yards. Three of 10 on intermediate and deep passes, three throwaways. BYU was not explosive at all. Um, and Keaton Slovis provides both touchdowns in this game. On the ground, he had never had a rushing touchdown. Ironically enough. Which is crazy. So let's get to the run game. 34 carries, 112 yards, two touchdowns, 3.3 yards per carry. That's not good enough either. Here's Kalani Satake from the post game talking about the offensive line struggles. I don't want to blame it on, on the running backs because it's not like everything was blocked up really nicely to begin with. We really pride ourselves on having big physical alignment and it just wasn't good enough from them at the line of scrimmage and again Sam Houston did some really good things to expose us in some ways but uh, we got to improve we got to play way better and, and we got to play more of a unit as a uh, on, the, on the front line with the five guys blocking. Kalani said he's never going to apologize for winning a football game and he shouldn't. Yeah BYU won. You won the game. But the fear is that but hey in the Big 12 you're going to get eaten up. But he is not naive yeah. to the idea that BYU just needs to be way more physical up yeah. front 100%. to compete with these Big 12 defenses and Arkansas's defense and, frankly, even Southern Utah's defense. Southern Utah played Arizona State to a three-point game. Can you imagine what the fallout will be if BYU plays Southern Utah to a three-point game? Now, part of the reason is rain delay got weird, blocked punt, returned for a touchdown. The Haboob night in Arizona? Yes, yes, thank you. Good use. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy yeah, weather. BYU's O-line's got to play way better. Gotta, gonna, you got to be better. We're going to talk to Trevor Maddich about that, former BYU offensive lineman. The good news is that L.J. Martin came For in sure. and had a spark. For sure. L.J. Martin was awesome. Like, he does not have a carry yeah. until five minutes left in the third quarter. So in the final 20 minutes, he goes 16 carries, 91 yards. Amazing. 5.7 per tote. If you remove the last drive, which was a ice-the-clock drive, he was at 6.3 a carry. BYU Statsman on X says LJ is 91 yards, the most by any freshman in their debut ever at BYU. Mm. What a performance from him. Here is LJ after the game with you talking about his first game as a Cougar. Uh, it was fun. It was really fun. Um, it wasn't as, like, heartbeating as I thought it would be. You know, I got in early, so kind of settled the nerves a little bit. And then my first carry was really, I'll say that's pretty nerve-wracking. But after that first hit, I felt like, you know, I go against these guys all the time in practice, you know, Max, AJ, Ben, or the whole defense, you know, they're all ballers. So just coming out here doing the same thing. It's nice to see a young guy make that transition mentally where it's like, yeah, it is nerve wracking. It is scary. And, you know, there's a lot of anxiety that goes into this. But once he got into the rhythm, Jeremy, you just started to see him really start to feel where he can make an impact. And, I mean, the... the the zone read that, that BYU's run game has to make is more suited for a guy like L.J. Martin. Like, he, he is a little bit more like Tyler Algier 
compared to Chris Brooks last year and Aiden Robbins this year, who are just big physical backs. Like, LJ is a guy and that can, he's, he's he can wait, wait, too, wait, 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 explode. He's, he's more of that, that idea, that mindset that Tyler Algier brings. My question is, how much, how much of this, and I want to be entirely fair to the situation, how much of LJ's success is him just being awesome compared to maybe Sam Houston's front's getting a little worn down because it's late in the game? So BYU's offense is starting to find some success. The pickle jar. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so if I, Aiden Robbins is I running late, does he do that? I don't care because someone did something. Okay. And that someone was LJ Martin. I don't care who it is. Someone had to do something. Like if LJ Martin doesn't do what he does, does BYU win more than seven nothing? If Jacob Robinson doesn't pick off that pass, is it a seven seven game in the fourth quarter? Like, what are we talking about here? BYU's uh, certainly got to figure it out offensively. I but. L.J. Martin might get those first totes this Saturday. Yes. Why not? He had 91 yards in a quarter and a third. That's fantastic. Come on. That's well done, L.J. Now, the apologist, okay, the apologist argument for the BYU offense will center largely on – I thought on, that was our role here. Okay. <laughs> I don't think there's much apologizing <laughs> going on no, for sure. Not, today. not even from the coaches. Not even from Kalani I, Satake. No, he knows. Should have been better. Okay. But the apologist argument is, well, let's see what happens when Keanu Hill and Cody Epps, BYU's two most experienced best receivers, are back in the lineup, and it's not game number one. How did they affect the run game, though? The offensive line has a wake-up call, like maybe all of this needed to happen, and then you get this you know, resurgence because you get some key pieces back. Yeah. We'll see what happens then. Okay, the problem is if it doesn't work out when all those pieces are back in play, then you have some real, real concerns. The fear is that this is 2017 Portland State offense. Yes. Where it's like you only put up 20 points. What happened? What are we talking about? Certainly Sam Houston better than Portland State. Yes. I'm not in that camp quite yet. If BYU doesn't put up more than like 30, though, against Southern Utah, there will be massive continued concern. But the good news is the defense was Defense awesome. was incredible. The defense was awesome. Zero points, 185 uh, yards allowed, 3.2 yards per play, and three takeaways, which brings us to our stat of the day. Again? Another one. <laughs> it's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Part deux. Yes. First shutout since 2014. First over an FBS opponent since 2012. 11 years. The defense was way better than I thought. I was hoping for like less than 17 or less. Give up a donut, man. Jacob Jelly Robinson. Filled. Jacob Robinson, a huge part of that. Great. Not surprisingly, the highest graded defensive player, according to Pro Football Focus. 90. What he did. That's a, that's a great score. And the pick at the goal line, oh, my gosh. I mean, in some ways, it's it, it saved the game because if Sam Houston yeah. scores there, Jerem, then it starts to get really weird. Oh, it would have been weird before then that. Then it gets <laughs> super weird. It was, I would argue it was weird the whole game. Okay, so this goes to preparation under Jay Hill, and frankly, following Jay Hill's counsel to ramp it up individually. Jacob told me after the game what went into that first interception and what he saw. Um, I think the coaches uh, helped us prepare really well. Um, shout out to Coach Guilford, shout out to Jay Hill, everyone else. Um, yeah, they prepared us well. We knew what was coming, so just trusted everything they were telling us. Yeah, and to add to that, Jerem, so he says, I watched that last night. I watched that play in that formation yep. last night, so I knew what was coming. And then the play that he makes is tremendous. It's not just that he reads it. He grabs the ball to the air, which took some skill, but he doesn't drop it when he bangs into the ground. Yeah. That, that was he like, went up to get it. He probably gets the wind knocked out of him a little bit. The adrenaline's flowing there. That was incredible. His other interception, however, this one, <laughs> 
That was that was totally a drop, right? Like that totally <laughs> scraped the ground. We'll talk about it a little later. Jacob Robinson was amazing. Eddie Heckard was fantastic. Yes. Just just bowled the guy over. Had a late pick, right? Malik Moore should have had a pick too. Um, and then you get to Ryan Rico. Let's just talk about the fake punt first, okay? Get that's, it out of the way. That's not on Rico. Get it that out of the way. That is such a terrible call. What are we doing? <laughs> Again? We have a history of this. Well, Kalani owned that one, too. He, he straight up said, I let my emotions get the better of me. Yeah, he and K-pop coordinate on yeah, that. Typically, okay. the special teams coach will make that call, right? And, and if they see something. Here's the thing, though. Even if it's successful, who cares? There's so much risk there. Like, that's not going to turn the game. Plus, Ryan Rico had one of the greatest punting nights in BYU history. And now it's kind of a little bit, like, overshadowed by this. A little bit, right? Um, nine punts, most in a long time. 53.2 per punt. He had a 65 and a 64, four inside the 20. That, amazing. He had a school record for most 50-plus in a game. He He's going to win the Ray seven. Guy Award. Give him the Ray Guy Award The already. offense was like, this is a Ryan Rico night, apparently. They gave him too much space, and he was just bombs away. Take away that fake punt, Jerem, and in the words of Deion Sanders, the Ray Guy Award would be chilling in his apartment. It'd be chilling in his apartment. <laughs> Ryan Rico was awesome. And, and the, Ryan's going to not get as much blame or credit as Johnny did, right? I mostly blame. But I, I think Johnny tweeted something like, welcome well, to the club. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Rico saved BYU in this game. Saved him. Had to, had absolute to pin weapon. A, absolute a, a, weapon. A, a, them back, and the defense did a great job. Like, Rico, right now, based on the two holds by Kingsley, Rico took over my best player on the team. Thing. Yes. Kingsley's number two. He's going to be number one soon again. But because Rico got a shot, he's number one. Best player on the team right now. So based on one game, <laughs> love I, Kingsley. I, I saw love a fantastic you, post on X that said, this first BYU game are like if 2012's defense and the 2017 offense had a baby. <laughs> 2012, 20, yeah, yeah, yeah. 20, yeah, yeah. I hate it, but it's probably true. I hate it. Mailbag Monday. Do you have any opinions? I think Let's you go. do Let's because my feed was lit over the weekend from a lot of opinions from you. <laughs> you submit your questions. We answer them on the show. Nelson Call on X says, what do we think about Epps and Hill's absence and the, or ha the absence that had on the effectiveness of the offense? Okay, so I think it did have an impact, Jerem. Mm -hmm. Maybe BYU wins one of those 50-50 footballs. Maybe a jump ball goes the way of Keanu Hill. Am Maybe I Cody Epps opens up the middle of the field a little bit because... Perhaps. And it's not... And Parker Kingston did a nice job. Parker was thrust into this role because Cody's not available, but yeah. it's really his first meaningful, big-time, under-the-spotlight performance, right? Had a catch on third down. Unfortunately, didn't cut it up and get the first. You know, it's a little short there. So uh, it, it does make an impact, but... Would BYU have scored 39 points no, in this game? Maybe no. 21? Maybe 21 or 28. I don't know if they're the, like to me the run game is the bigger deal here. The and the penalties on the offensive line. Yes, the ability to be disciplined to to get off uh you know your get off out to the second level even get it dominate the first level like Aiden Robbins and BYU's O-line couldn't do it. They they needed a freshman to come in and give a spark which was incredible and they win and you you like talking about it and win more of course. Certainly a lot to figure out against Southern yes. Utah. BYU's got to play very well against Southern Utah to sort of appease the sure. murmuring that's happening right now with the offense specifically. All right, more of your mailback questions on the way. A, a yeah. bunch of you are asking, did Aaron Roderick hold back on purpose? Did, did he not show because he's, 
He's waiting to unleash the playbook later. When, when it's a seven-point game, no. You do whatever it takes to win. We will discuss I, I, that. Yeah. There was no trickeration, though, outside of a fake punt, which is not an offense. Hashtag BYUSN on X, Facebook, and Instagram. Watch Coordinator's Corner today. Offense coordinator Aaron Ryder will talk with Greg Bell about uh, the game. Jay Hill, lots to discuss there, right? Uh, BYU's 14-point win against Sam Houston. Watch it today on the BYU TV app at 2 Eastern time. You want to learn stuff? Watch that show. It's awesome. Love it. Up next... Also awesome, Maddich Mondays with ESPN's Trevor Maddich. He's a fiery, passionate guy, especially when it comes to offensive line play. So I'm excited for you all to hear out what he thinks about BYU's offensive line and their performance against Sam Houston. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by Feastbox Global Grill, a unique dining experience featuring Texas, Hawaiian, and Korean meats. Time to feast. Defense wins the night. That is for sure in game number one for BYU football. First shutout over an FBS opponent since 2012. 11 years. We are live at Studio B. This is your day-to-day -day BYU sports play-by-play. -play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. You know the drill on a Monday, even on a Labor Day, a holiday. ESPN's Trevor Maddich is joining us for a loaded Maddich Monday because college football and BYU football, more importantly, are underway. Trevor, Happy Monday. Hope you're enjoying your Labor Day after a full weekend of college football. How are you feeling after watching not just BYU, but getting your first taste of the real, real deal here in week number one of college football? What an exciting opening weekend. I mean, Colorado shocks the college football world with that win over TCU. Wyoming. <laughs> Wyoming shocks the football world, college football world with that win over Texas Tech. I mean, it was, it was an exciting opening. And BYU's defense was it running around, flying around, attacking. All that adds up to an exciting opening weekend. Okay, our primary question in what's trending in the previous block was a uh, bigger deal. Shut, a shutout or 14 points by the offense? What do you think? I think they're equally a big deal for opposite reasons. I mean, the defense played like we haven't seen them play in a long time. I mean, whatever was going to happen, they were going to attack, and they did. It's not that they blitzed all the time, and they didn't. But when the running backs came towards them, they attacked downhill. They attacked the blockers, where in years past, we saw them sort of wait and catch the blocker and sort of hug up the running back. No, no, they were attacking. Defensive backs attacked the receivers and attacked the football. You know, so I, th I thought there was a, a great excitement on the defense, and I thought that was absolutely fantastic. I'm very worried about the offense because the offense was the opposite of attack. I don't mean just, you know, from play calling standpoint. I mean just the way they played, especially the offensive line. It was uh, really disappointing to see how softly the BYU offense played in this game. Trevor, the question is, how do you begin to change something like that, the mentality that goes into that, so that the offense does become more of an attacking mindset? Where do you begin to alter that? The offensive line, for the last several years, has had big, powerful, talented guys who basically sort of stand around. I mean, the offensive line the last couple of years, in my opinion, has been the biggest disappointment on this team, but they will continue to be until they're not. 
And you, you can see in this game a continuation of what's been happening where on a downhill running play, they'd take a step and they'd fit up with the defender they're supposed to block and they'll push him a little bit. And then, then the defender will kind of flow and they'll stop and they'll watch the play. Really? You know, I, watch Georgia. Georgia's offense line, there's one particular play in their opener this last uh, week where it was a bubble screen out to the left, but it was an RPO. So the offensive line was run blocking. And you saw the, the left tackle and the left guard just drive their men four or five yards downfield. And then the left guard didn't have anybody to block. So he turned around to see what was happening with the ball carrier. And he was being wrapped up by several defenders with others coming in. So instead of watching the play, he turned around and flew back towards his ball carrier and wiped out a guy that was coming in to add to the pile on top of him. Now, it was during the play before the whistle. It was a clean and legal hit. But it spoke to a mindset. When you fire off the ball, strike somebody. Let me see that guy worry about you as an offensive lineman because you're firing off the ball so hard at him. And then when you lose your block a little bit, find someone else to block. Or when your guy starts to move, now's your opportunity to keep pushing him and pancake him, put him flat on his back. That's the mindset you have to have in the offensive line. And if the BYU offensive line were in a court of law charged with aggression, I don't think there'd be enough evidence to convict them. Frankly, I am really disappointed because they are too big and too powerful and too talented to stand around and watch plays and to fit up like a wide receiver blocking on a bubble screen instead of firing off and driving people as best they can. Trevor, I wish you would have an opinion on this program. Uh, five minutes <laughs> yeah. left in the third quarter, LJ Martin comes in and he gets six carries on that drive. He has 91 yards in essentially the last 20 minutes of this game. What did you see from LJ and did something change on the offensive line? The offensive line did. You could see that there was a point in the second half when they just started running the ball, just run, 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 run. And I think it was just a matter of, hey, whether it was from the coaching staff, you guys got to take over, or whether it was from the line themselves who, you know, talked to the play calling brain trust, Aaron Roderick, et cetera, and said, we need to take over. And I hope it was the latter because that's the mindset that they need in order to start to turn this around up front. So the blocking was better. The holes were bigger for LJ Martin than they were for the other guys in the first half. And Martin, for, for his part, he was terrific. I mean, he had good vision. He, he hit the holes hard. He ran hard. But he did have better holes to run through. So maybe that's a spark that we'll see. But again, it's not just a matter of for the offensive line, you know, fitting up with their guy and then kind of pushing themselves. No, I want to see them fire in the guys. I want to see them drive them. And I want to see them drive them into the ground if they can. Mm. Every time before the whistle legally so there's no penalty. I want to see opponents fear facing the BYU offensive line and those big BYU running backs because it's been many years, several years at least, since any defensive front has feared playing this offensive line. As a matter of fact, they've liked it because they don't get a bruise and often they don't break a sweat. So let's change that. Trevor Maddox bringing it on a Maddox Monday National Championship Center for the Cougars, a 1984 ESPN college football analyst. Keaton Slovis has taken a little bit of heat over the weekend because of the offensive woes. But when you look at the quarterback and how he played with play calling uh, considered and the offensive line here, which is, you know, under the microscope in this conversation as well, how much of this falls on Keaton Slovis's shoulders and what can he do to 
offer his spark for the offense. Well, he 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 wasn't Keaton Slovis, and he'd be the first to tell you that. He missed some opportunities. Some of that was that his top two receivers were out and getting used to some of those younger guys in a game speed in terms of where they're going to be when he lets that ball fly. It takes a little bit of time because you can't really simulate a game in practice the way you really need to. It needs to be in a game to get that done. And so you know, I, I don't worry about Keaton Slovis. I think he's going to be just fine. And as he gets to know his guys, he'll know what to do with them. I'd like to see them use them in a more creative way. You know, there was a, a third long and they threw a bubble screen out left to Isaac Rex. Now, I love Isaac Rex, but he's 255 pounds. He's not that lightning quick guy who catches the bubble screen behind the line and then darts past the wide receiver's blocks and with speed beats the inside pursuit and so he can convert third and long with his legs. That's not Isaac Rex. You want to throw him the ball on third and long, get him downfield so he can do a jump ball. So things like that were kind of head scratchers for me. I don't know if that was, um, you know, game plan essentially or intentionally. I don't know if, if Keaton Slovis kind of checked to certain things. I mean, these are things that I don't know. Uh, but I know there were some real head scratchers, and it was it was. Um, I expected the receivers, and and Isaac Rex, who had two catches, including that little bubble screen, uh, and Keaton Slovis to be more effective against this Sam Houston defense. And so the the offensive line, I I, I don't I don't know what they're going to be this year. Keaton Slovis, I'm very confident will get things together, and he's a great leader. He's an outstanding passer. He's shown to be very accurate when everything is running right, and I think Slovis will get this running right. They certainly have an opportunity against Southern Utah this Saturday, then at Arkansas and into Big 12 play. Defensively, a shutout, which is tremendous against anybody. Three takeaways, only 185 yards allowed. What was the biggest difference from last year to what we saw in game one defensively? In a word, fun. There's only one way for defenders to have fun, and that's to go hit somebody, to go dictate to the offense. Defenses hate being in a read and react mode where, okay, the ball snapped, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see where the ball's going, and I'm going to flow to the ball, and then when the ball gets to me, then I'm going to try to make the tackle. No, 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 no. Def defenses love to come downhill to attack, to shock the blocker, to swarm the ball carrier, and you saw that mindset in this game. And note, as you go back and look at the highlights, how often uh, a play was made just to tackle. It wasn't like a massive interception or something like that, just a, a tackle. And the defenders were fired up and jumping around and swarming each other and congratulating each other, just having fun. And on defense, the only way to have fun is to attack and to dictate to the offense. Now, there's things that need to improve for the BYU defense. But I thought in the, in the first time out with this Jay Hill scheme, and Jay Hill mindset. I, I loved watching this BYU defense play. Now, Trevor, quickly, what are some of those things that you feel like could be shored up and, and cleaned up on the defensive side after a, a performance where you shut out an opponent? Yeah, well, they got behind the line a lot, and they caused a lot of uh, havoc and trouble behind the line. They only had one sack, and that was Tyler Batty. And this was a, a day when Sam Houston threw 33 times. And they only managed the sack. Now, I'm not very good at math, but I think that's one out of 33 attempts. So that's the ratio uh, for sacks. And so I, I think without blitzing, they still need to do a better job of, of beating a pass protector and getting into the backfield and bringing the quarterback down. But I saw guys getting behind the line more in this game, and I think the sacks will come.
Certainly it was an eventful week in the Big 12 as well. You mentioned, uh, you know, the big upset where Texas Tech gets beat. Baylor getting beat by Texas State. TCU at home loses to primetime and Dion in Colorado. Uh, what would you make of the Big 12 in week one? I thought the Big 12 was, was interesting. You know, I, I am surprised about Texas Tech, although, as we all know, playing at 7,000 feet in Laramie, Wyoming, is, is a shock if you're not used to it. The coach for Texas State is the former coach at Incarnate Word, who's one of the most brilliant offensive minds in all of college football. This is his first year at Texas State. So that was kind of a, a, a trap game um, for the Big 12. I like it that all four newcomers won and looked good. Um, I like it that Oklahoma performed so well mm. now once again they didn't play a, a real tough opponent but what impressed me was not the offense putting up 10 million points what impressed me was that the defense was aggressive up front and the the corners on the edges did a great job covering man behind all that because that's what coach brett venables wants to have happen he wants his guys to cover down so he can be creative attacking up front last year they didn't do either very well in this first game against a lesser opponent, so far so good. So at the top of the Big 12, things are looking like we expect them to look. Trevor, can I just reemphasize how great it is to have you back every Monday and the college football is back? We're so lucky to have you and we appreciate the insight. It's great to have you on this program once again. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me back. And for anybody who's offended by my uh, disappointment with certain aspects of the BYU offense, I would just suggest this very gently. Get over it and fix it. <laughs> I love the passion. Trevor, great to talk to you. Thanks so much. Thanks. Oh, yeah. We need a BYU offensive lineman to tell us how he feels, and he yes. felt like they can do more. And so they'll get a chance again against SU, and then guess what? Arkansas is going to be tough. SC D-line, man. That's, uh, yeah, we're, we're 13 days away from that little test. And in the league, man. Okay, mm -hmm. after further review, it's going to break down what happened as well. Coming up Tuesday night, 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app. The Clash of the Cats, they're calling it. With a K. <laughs> AFR, tomorrow night, BYU TV app. Up next, BYU basketball with some massive news hey. over the weekend. They sign a big-time player, four-star guy, top 50 ESPN guy from Kansas, and then Gonzaga, now he's in Provo. What do we think about the addition of Marcus Adams Jr.? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day, Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Threads. If you missed our conversation with Trevor Maddich, you should absolutely go back and listen to it. It was full of heated opinions, wow. to say the least. He was hot. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. Now, before we get to today's headlines, Jerem, really quickly, uh, I said, tell me who were the first three guests were on our first ever show. Someone a, remember? We've had a number of people yeah. tweet in. Yeah. Uh, they were Jamal Williams, mm -hmm. Robert and I, and Tom Holmo, the yeah. athletic director. Those are the yeah. first three guests that we had live. We There's balanced a, out Jamal and Bob. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting, the terrible take juxtaposition Spencer. right there. Now we get to today's headlines. Really football beat Sam Houston 14-0 Saturday night. Keen Slovis 20 of 33, 145, two rushing touchdowns in his BYU debut. LJ Martin 16 carries for 91 yards, all in the second half. 
The new look BYU defense didn't give up a point. Allowed 185 yards and had three takeaways. The Cougars play Southern Utah Saturday afternoon. How about this news? BYU men's basketball and head coach Mark Pope signed Marcus Adams Jr. Yeah! A four-star transfer who had a stop at Kansas, then a very brief stop at Gonzaga before ultimately landing in Provo. He has applied for a waiver to be eligible immediately if he is granted that. This is big time for the Cougars as they push into the Big 12. Number seven women's soccer beat Utah Valley 6-1, led by two goals from EB7, Aaron Bailey. Goals from Brecken Mozingo, Ellie Walbrook, Allie Fryer, Ellie Boren. Cougars play at Utah Saturday. And in the top drawer, uh, drawer soccer, Docker, what is that? I don't know. Poll this morning. It's presented by Dockers. Viewing <laughs> moves up to number three. Let's see what United Soccer uh, Coaches Poll says as well. That's big time. Man. Top three team. Holy cow. Number nine, BYU Women's Volleyball sweeps UC Davis in a oh, yawner on Saturday, led by Aaron Livingston's 12 kills. I got another Doterra Classic. Quick to go to football. Yeah. Uh, they made quick work of UC Davis. Whitney Bauer and Whitney McEwen Larinus were named to the all-tournament team with libero Kamile Hiapo. Honored as the tournament MVP. Well Super deserved. rare to have a libero win. She is so MVP. good, dude. Yeah. So good. Next up for the Cougars, a trip to Pullman, Washington for a showdown with the other Cougars at Washington State's Cougar Classic, beginning with the matchup against Towson on Thursday. Men's tennis fall schedules out, featuring seven tournaments across seven states, starting September 22nd at Air Force, ending November 3rd through the 4th at ACC Future School SMU, all under new head coach Zach Warren. The men's tennis fall schedule out featuring seven tournaments. Oh, you just mentioned that. Sorry, Chris Wilcox. I apologize. NFL News has signed with the Los Angeles Chargers practice squad. So that makes 15. So Tomasi Lalile was released by the Denver Broncos. Yes. There are 15 guys on 53-man rosters and then a handful of guys on practice squads. Really solid, Jim. Yep. Those are today's headlines. Let's opinionate in the whip. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Tell me how big the news is with Mark and Marcus Adams Jr. It, de it depends on if he gets his eligibility or not. If he gets the waiver and he can play this year, then it's it's that it's big, Jerem. Yes, but then it becomes huge if he can play immediately because BYU needs somebody right now to step in. Two available scholarships right now. He takes one of those. Hopefully, they can utilize that scholarship to have someone play this year. It's huge, regardless. He class reclassified. He was class 24. He's in 23. To get a guy of this skill is a huge get for BYU men's hoops. Massive. If he can play, even better. Mm. Will BYU women's volleyball be the highest-ranked Big 12 team in the ABCA poll this week because they keep winning and Texas lost? Texas has lost twice now. Uh, they played Stanford at home and lost. And so, yes, BYU will be the top-ranked women's volleyball team out of the Big 12 this week. Now, certainly Texas, I would say on paper, is a better team than BYU still. But pretty cool that BYU continues to win and will be the highest-ranked Big 12 team. Yeah, wow. So maybe BYU climbs up to 7 or 8, and then Texas is probably close behind. Yeah, right for behind. For sure, right behind. Yep. Uh, Navy on Navy on Navy is the uniform choice this week. Okay. Do you like the look? I call it the Ken Niamatha look. I... <laughs> I'm okay with it. it okay I, with it? I'm okay with it. I, I'd rather have, like, I don't mind the Navy helmets and the Navy jerseys, but I do like a little bit of contrast. So maybe the white pants I'd throw in there. Or I like Navy helmets, white jerseys, Navy pants. I'm I, not I think very, that's a clean look. I'm not very picky with this stuff. I think it looks great. I, I love the variation of it. And uh, I'm excited week to week to see what BYU rolls out. So I'm, I'm not... Uh, Overly concerned about it, I think it looks great. I and mean, frankly, if BYU dominates Southern Utah and the offense looks better and everything's good, then yeah, great, awesome. I would We're take points on offense more, more than any unit combo. Your buddy and my buddy, all our buddies, Sean Farnham.
well known to BYU fans and a well known fan of Cougar Tales, is featured on the new Cougar Tail bag and wants some NIL money for it, Jerem. He said, he tweeted this during the show. Today. My love of BYU Cougars Cougar Tail is well noted, but use of image on this? Where is my NIL <laughs> at Jerem Jordan? Uh, Sean, why didn't you tweet at Spencer too? Uh, why just me? <laughs> Sean, uh, next time you come to town for a game, or if you don't, we'll bring you in. We'll come uh, show you how the Cougar Tails are made. You can, you can have all that your heart desires yes. or your stomach can make. Yeah, the name image like this love deal. A good cougar tail. The NIL deal there is that you just can have as many cougar tails as you want. Yeah. Okay. Let's say, when you're in town and you come, you can get. Yeah. Yes. We haven't talked to the powers that be about this at all, but we we'll make think that we happen. Can we will make that happen. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Tune in to BYU football with Clyde Stocky tomorrow night, 8:30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. As they recap, Sam Houston talk about Southern Utah. You can find free tickets on BYUSN.com. A very busy weekend around the Big 12 with, as we documented in the Trevor Maddish interview, a ton of upsets. We'll recap the weekend with our Big 12 Roundup. After the break, this is BYU Sports Nation. What happened, what happened in Wyoming? This por portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live in Studio B. Let's roll out the Big 12 Roundup. I'm glad we're doing this because BYU's in the Big 12, Jeremy. Did you hear? I heard that. We pick a certain amount of games based on the lines, and then we see how we do. So Colorado and TCU. Colorado was a 20-and-a-half point underdog. You win, I lose on that one. I thought that uh, TCU would uh, cover here. Not even close. Colorado, the surprise of the weekend. Dion, I hope you're keeping receipts here because I'm a believer. I also I've always been a believer. I also hope he's equally accountable when they lose. Like, as aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Like, it's... When it's good, it's good. But when it's bad, are you going to do the same? All right. So I got that one right. Jerem whipped on that one. Uh, UTSA, two-point favorite against Houston. The Houston Cougars win, Jerem, by three, 17-14. We both thought that that would happen. Both got that we one. put uh, some trust in Dana Holgerson. We both get a point there. Texas Tech, 14-point favorite at Wyoming. They lost in double OT. We both had Tech covering this one. Nope. Missed that one. Texas Tech opens with a loss. Tech was up 17-0 in that game. In the first quarter. Laramie. West Virginia. He's going there next year. Why? West Virginia at seventh ranked Penn State. See, I, I was big on West Virginia. And frankly, until very late in the game, Jeremy, I thought this is going to be another point for me. But on, in a bad beat, as called by Scott Van Pelt, okay? Penn State scores, which is a few seconds left to win 38 15. We and are. Backdoor cover. Okay, so you get the point. Yep. I don't get the point there. Rice, Texas. Texas by 35. Texas won by 27. 27. Too many I, points. I said the Longhorns cover. You did not think that you could. Yeah, yeah, too, too many points. 35 is a lot. Two more times. Okay. Sixth game, Texas State against Baylor. <laughs> Whew. Now, you and I both thought that Texas State would cover. Baylor was given 27 and a half points. And we thought, no, nah, that's too many. We, we weren't, like, buying that. Yeah. Well, we were right, because Texas State beat Baylor 42 to 31. Shocking. Utah plays Baylor this week, by the way. Yeah. Ooh, good luck to Baylor. And finally, Sam Houston against BYU, Jerem. Do we have to cover this one? Uh, well, BYU didn't cover it, yeah. uh, so they didn't cover either. Uh, we both thought they would. Yeah, yeah. So Big 12 teams go 10-4 overall, but you got uh, four picks, correct? I got three, so you get the win. You're okay. up 1-0. Take that. That's take how the it one works. Nothing we win round the Big 12 it up. Roundup.
the Big 12. Let's uh, let's go. All right, we have uh, discussed the nostalgia surrounding 10 years of this show uh, early in the program, and frankly, we have neatly packaged up uh, a 10-year anniversary video tribute to what an incredible ride this is, this has been. So here's our 10-year anniversary video from BYU Sports Nation. And we're in Vegas. Today marks the 134th broadcast of the show on BYU Radio, but the first day we're live on both the radio and BYU TV. So it begins. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're going to look amazing. I'm uh, the last airbender. I look like, I look like Nashiv now. We now reveal the time uh, of, of today. Okay, the first run. We're watching it. This is run number one. Run, you Three, slow piece four, of junk. Run! 5.35. Okay, here we go. You guys are great. You guys are great. Got it. Oh! I owe it all to you. <laughs> this, this, has been, this has been awesome. This is the greatest show ever. What's up, Mark? Coach. What's this BYU Sports Station car? Ah, uh, yes. Drunk stuff. I thought it sounded a little. September 10th, 2015. Busy Phillips is a guest on the show. Eight hours later, 87th minute. Tie game against Utah State. On a free kick near midfield makes the game-winning goal. Probably just a coincidence. Oh, just superstition. So, you know I've got some room in my schedule. Pretty busy, coach. Dude, it's Kalani. What? What is it? He keeps bugging me about getting the BYU Sports Nation karma. He's coming this with us. Go. Hey, guys. Let's see Spencer. Spencer, Cheryl! Hey. Uh, I've been looking for you guys. Uh, I can't talk right now, Coach. We're going to be late for the show. Cheryl, Spencer, there you guys are. They all want the karma. Go, 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 go. Hey, Ben. Hey, I got a golf tournament this weekend. How about some of that karma? BYU Sports Nation live from San Diego hey, hey, yeah. in Radio Woo! Vision. BYU Sports Nation live from the Hard Rock Hotel in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's a little bit warmer today. Oh, it's five degrees warmer. It's 41. <laughs> Beat Utah! There you go! <laughs> Jared Jordan into the pool. Live. From Nashville, Tennessee. Look at, this. Look at this. We are in Tennessee, and this is the reception BYU gets. Live from Big 12 Media Days. Yeah, home baby. of the Dallas Cowboys, AT&T Stadium in Arlington. It is Wednesday, July 12th. I am Spencer Linton. He is Dallas Cowboys locker room coordinator, Jerem Jordan. Amazingly, it smells good in here, <laughs> um, despite being the visiting locker room at the AT&T Stadium. But, but being at Big 12 Media Days, it just it's getting real, like, Yes, BYU is in the Big 12, but it feels very real being here and being included in all of this. <laughs> and he's in to, character. He's here to grant wishes in Studio B. Sports Nation, you ain't never had a friend like me. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> it is Eric from Phantom of the Opera. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my yeah, gosh. Is it actually Aaron Eckhart? No. Sorry to Dennis Pitt, it ran out of time. Sorry to Dennis Pitt, it ran out of time, bro. Guys, we gave it, we gave it to Jim. <laughs> what are you, are you doing sick? here? Hello, Dennis. Dennis, what are you, what are you doing here? I hope you're happy, Jerem. 
Now my kid's hey. day is ruined. Dennis's kids, Jimmer was better than your dad. Jerem's gone. It, you know, as a matter of fact, we're not mentioning Jerem's name anymore. Sorry to Jerem Jordan. We uh, we ran out of time for you, and probably forever. Teamed up alongside Power 5 co-host, Jerem Jordan. Ah, uh, there was a time where I didn't think this day would come. BYU to the Big 12. Like, this graphic looks amazing. All BYU fans will remember where they were on September 10th when they found out it was official. BYU is invited to the Big 12 Conference. Teamed up with the man who, like many of you, just enjoyed the best week ever as a BYU fan, Jerem Jordan. Incredible stuff. Oh, what a weekend. Uh, if it was just the BYU-Utah game, it would have been incredible. If it was just Big 12, it would have been incredible. Combination of those two things. Unbelievable. We took a picture after the game on the field, uh, and I tweeted the mood. That just, pretty much wraps it up. Yeah! Because, yes, the streak is over. BYU's in a Power 5 conference in 2023, but still, Invited to a Power 5 conference, and for the first time, as Jeremy mentioned in the history of the show, eight years we've been doing this, we can discuss a BYU football win against Utah. And welcome to a brand new version of Studio B okay. and a brand new overall look okay. for the show. Nice. Hey, I'm in love, man. I am in love. Here we go, man. New era of the show, 10th football season for us, and uh, top 10 win coming up. Great to be here. <laughs> Great to be here, back in our homes, oh. in Studio B. What a ride for Very 10 cool. years. Hopefully we'll do at least 10 more shows. Let's go. Here's, here's to weeks. 10 more shows. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wrap up today's show with our prop picks from Friday. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to a very, very busy Monday show featuring our Mailbag Monday where you submit questions, we answer them. Uh, we want to know what you want answered. And so at Austin Cook 19 on X says, which surprised you more, the defense shutting Sam Houston out with being great in all categories, or the fact that the offense performed below what we expected against Sam Houston. Both were surprising, right? Uh, to me, it's the offense. I yes. thought the, like we thought the defense would be better at Sam Houston. You know, there's a chance there's just yeah. one or two scores there. The fact that there's none's not super off. BYU was off in the touchdown category by three to seven touchdowns, right? Like, <laughs> where were they? There were two rushing touchdowns yeah. by Keaton Slovis. Where's the explosiveness? Where's the efficiency? Where's the dynamic offense? It wasn't there. Yeah, I was shocked by that for sure. Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes from Kevin Riedler on Facebook who says, will A-Rod and the offense hold back again in game two knowing that they don't need their full playbook to beat Southern Utah and Sam Houston keeping their big shots for the Power 5 run. I'd say any holding back should be thrown out the window. Not necessarily this week, I guess, against Southern Utah, but once you play Arkansas, all things are it's up all for on grabs. The it's all yeah. on the table at that point. Yeah, they might hold a little bit back against SUU. But but if it's 7 nothing in the second half, you can't. Just go win. Today's Rising Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Let's give it to win number one yeah. for BYU. Our thanks to today's guest, Trevor Maddich. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Russell Holmes. We'll see you tomorrow. Go Cougs.